Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today you will hear a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs entitled, My Connection to You is Valuable. In today's message, Pastor Dobbs discusses the importance of us connecting as one body and how our connection to one another is valuable. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. Paul in his letter to the believers in Corinth is emphasized, especially in this particular part of the scripture, that there are many members, yet one body. Many members. Many members. Many unique members. Many members that belong to the body. Many members that are part of the local church. Many members. And each one of them is unique in their own special way. I don't know of one individual in this sanctuary this morning that is not unique from another. But each one of us was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Go to Psalms 139 and verse 14. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 20, Now indeed there are many members. He says there's many of us out that God has created and put into the body of Christ. There's many of us. But I believe when he made each one of us, he made us special. He made us unique. I don't think there's not one person in here that's sitting in that seat that's just like you. You're different, uniques. And some people think you're strange, but you just, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Some people say you're uh, unique and you're special, but you're just fearfully and wonderfully made. And when God made you, he, you're an original. In fact, scriptures tell us in Psalms 139 and verse 14, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. David had to come to the grips that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes because people didn't look at David as an ordinary individual. David didn't do things like everybody else. It was nothing for David to be fighting one minute and he'll pull a sword out the next minute. There was nothing for David, amen, to be giving God the glory and then, and then all of a sudden he'd be ready to fight the next minute. David was, and so he had to come to grips. I'm not like everybody else. In fact, you remember when, when um, Saul, not Saul, but the prophet came and he had to anoint, uh, he had to anoint somebody. And David had all his brothers to come. And then he said, and after the prophet looked around, he said, this, this is not the one I'm supposed to be anointing. And they left David out in the field because nobody, they just said, well, David's a little bit different than everybody else. I figured you want to uh, anoint somebody who looks like they should be anointed, who looks like they should be uh, uh, in leadership. But, 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 but God rejected every last one of them. He said, let me go find this other boy. And when he saw David, he knew he was the one. Why didn't he pick him at first? Because David didn't, didn't act like everybody else. David didn't, didn't, didn't talk and think like everybody else. David was special and unique. And so, they, so Paul had, excuse me, David had to come to the conclusion, hey, I, I, I'm just fearfully and wonderfully made. I, no, I can't explain it. I don't think that even David's own father couldn't explain it. 
Because if anybody would have brought David out to be anointed, would have been his father. She'd have been proud of his son, that he would be a chosen one. But his father, own father didn't even bring him out. So he had, he might have, he might have went through some self-esteem things, but he came to the conclusion, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And sometimes we got to come to the conclusion that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We got, listen, we're fearfully in awe of and with respect and honor. And we are wonderful. We're distinct, marked out, and distinguished, uh, distinguishedly made, which makes us one unique individual. We are unique. In fact, look at your name and says, you're very unique. In fact, look at two more people. If you, don't lie to them. You're very unique. You're very unique. You are very unique. And sometimes you have a hard time fitting in, uh, thank God, with the world, but you're fearfully and wonderfully made. People may look at you at your job and think you're a little bit different, but you're fearfully and wonderfully made. They may look at your school at, at school and think, you know, he's not like my uh, my other friends that I go to the locker and go to lunch with. No, because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Ooh, to say thank God I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, regardless of our distinct and distinguished traits as members. Remember that he says, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body, one body. Regardless of how unique we are, regardless of how fearfully and wonderfully made we are, we should strive daily to operate as one. Not separated as a whole, as a unit. We should operate, we should strive to do that, we should make efforts to be as one. Shouldn't fight being as one. We should make an effort to be one. When I get ready to sing, I, I, something I never knew about singing. Uh, when you sing, you can't just sing it like you're the only one out there singing. You got listen. If you're loud, you got to break it down so it be in. I don't, I don't know if it's the right word. Help me out, Miss Roberts. Harmony. Got to be in harmony. Got to be in harmony. And so you know how cars are made in harmony. You know if a tire is not doing right, it's gonna the car is not gonna ride like it should because it's not in harmony. When members are not divinely connected together, we can cause disharmony to take place in the church. So I got to make sure in my mind, I'm going to be intentional about being, bringing about harmony. How many like that word harmony? Yeah, I like the word harmony. I like for my house to be in harmony. I like for my vehicle to be in harmony. I like for my money to be in harmony. I like for, listen, people around me to be in harmony. Let me tell you something. It's, it's, you don't want to be in a household where one person's not in harmony. Because it can cause some havoc along the way. I will give you a scripture that talks about it, but some of y'all might not like that. But anyway, uh, notice what it says here. We must be intentional. Intentional. And not only intentional, but we got to find value in making a choice to become connected to our sisters and brothers. We got to, on purpose and deliberate, find value in my sister and my brother. I got to find out what makes you so special, so fearfully and wonderfully made. You're different than everybody else, but I like that about you. I don't want everybody being the same. You know what? I don't like to eat the same thing every day. I can do leftovers, but I like, you know, if I eat uh, one thing one day, two or three days later, I might eat something different. I like different stuff. I like to add a little variety to my, uh, to my spices, to my particular food of choice at that particular time. 
Sometimes I may eat it with ketchup. Sometimes I may not. Sometimes I may put some hot sauce on it. Sometimes some ranch. Whatever it is, it's going to be just a little different about it. I may eat chicken four days a week, but I may eat it differently every time that I eat it. Oh, y'all might not like chicken. I'm sorry. I might use a different example then. Y'all might not eat chicken four days a week. I probably could, but that's just me, though. I can put honey on one day, hot sauce another day. I can put plain one day. I can just do it up. Are y'all following me here? Whatever the case is, I like the fact that God made us different. And when he brings you into the group, I need to find out what's so unique about you and know that God wants me to be connected to you. And I got to value that. I got to make sure it's going to be intentional. And this is what you got to understand about this. I got to do it on purpose because I may not like everything that I see or come in contact with you about. But I got to find the part, the Jesus in you, so I can in turn become to that. And so it's got to be intentional and I got to find value in it. And so when we do that, we make a choice to become connected to our sisters and our brothers in Christ so that our local church and the body of Christ may function as a unit with the same purpose. And when I do it, we're going to operate the same purpose. May not agree on everything. You might like blue and I might like orange, but we're going to agree on the word of God. We're going to agree that we're going to become one as excuse me, as church members connecting this one body. It's going to be one. We're going to be one. I choose to do that. I, listen, I may not. Listen, our chances are we don't like everything alike in every situation. You may like one team, I like another team, but we choose to believe in Jesus Christ. We choose to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our king. We choose to believe that we got supernatural increase operating in our life right now. We believe that better is here and better is coming right now. We believe that by his stripes that we are healed right now. Yeah, we can agree on that. We believe that if you're being challenged in the body, that Jesus can heal your body just like he healed my body. We believe right now that if you're going through a financial strain, that God said, I will supply every one of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You have more than enough. We can agree that you are more than a conqueror to overcome the obstacles that's coming against you at this current time in your life. We can believe that you're an overcomer. We can believe that you're an empower and equipped. Because why? It's based on scripture. We're going to believe in the written and revealed word of God. First Corinthians 12 and 21 reads as follows. And the eye cannot say to the hand. We got all these different members, all these different ones. They're functioning. I mean, many members, yet one body. And so for one body, I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the fit, head to the feet, I have no need of you. Oh, now, so we look back at that text and we say, why in the world would the eye say I have no need of you? The eye can be functioning as full of potential. They said that 2020 is a great vision to have. 2020. 2020. You don't need glasses. You don't need, you can just look out there and see everything. You can see it close up. You can see it far away. You can just see. I mean, you can just see. Somebody coming to you, I see you coming. Whoo, I can see you coming. And see, you don't really appreciate your eyesight to, to all of a sudden start challenging you a little bit. Uh, let me say that to two or three folks. I don't, the rest of y'all may not know about that. Keep on living, honey, child. You keep on living. Pray that you never have to know that. I pray that you, you have 2020 all the rest of your life. See, if you see if you ain't got 2020, you pick up Bibles like this with big old print in it. <laughs> y'all probably see in the back row. You don't know. Some, some of y'all good eyesight folks. You, you know what this says back here. You say, Lord, that's no, that's a big Bible. Yes, 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 yes. 
And I can see it too. When I saw somebody, uh, I think it was uh, the owner bear box, he, he had a Bible like this. I said, can you give me one of them right there? Woo! Because this other stuff, right there, this little small print. Woo! My friend be laughing at me. That's why you got a big old Bible. Yes, and I can see it too. <laughs> I can see it. So, uh, anyway, I can be operating great. 2020 vision. Why in the world would I say to the hand, I have no need of you? Just because the, the eye is functioning properly, it can't tell the hand it's not, it's not necessary. It, it doesn't have a duty to perform just like I got a duty to perform. It's not, it can't tell the hand it's not required. It can't tell the hand that it, it's, it's desperate, desperate for something. It can't tell the hand nothing like that. Ooh. I can't look around and say to ushers, I don't need y'all. Just because I'm functioning right don't mean I don't need the musicians. Just because I'm functioning right don't mean I don't need the band ministry. Just because I'm functioning right don't mean I don't need the helping hands ministry. Just because I'm functioning right don't mean I don't need the ministers. Just because I'm functioning right doesn't mean I don't need the audio team. Just because you're doing what you're doing doesn't mean you don't need other auxiliaries in the body of Christ. Because you're doing good don't mean you don't need somebody else. See, sometimes we think because we're doing okay, we don't need certain parts. But scripture is clear, you can't tell. Interesting, you can't tell. You can tell them, but really you can't tell them you don't need them. And he says this, that each part is basically saying has a duty to perform in order, because you can get caught up. Let me say this to you. You can get caught up in individualism. I'm doing good, and I don't, see, you know, somebody, I remember, this is probably a good example of some of y'all uh, current professional basketball players in the sanctuary here. You could be playing with somebody. And all they do is, is shoot. They get half court. And they can play. Don't get me wrong. They can really play. I mean, they can just flat out ball. But individuals don't win championships. They don't. Because sooner or later, you're going to find somebody that may not be as good, but got some type of talent up to your level, and they're going to stop you from doing what you do. You find that out the hard way. Let me tell you something. We can be in church and we can be functioning and doing what we do, but there, there could be something lacking. And, not, and, and sometimes people get caught up in individualism, the, the habit of being independent and self-reliance to cause us to believe that we can operate in life with or without being connected, joined together with other believers. Attached to other believers, securely linked to other believers, other spiritual believers in the church, as well as our spirit-filled families. You can't get caught up in individualism. You can't get caught up in thinking that you are, you are everything and you don't need anybody else. Everybody is needed in the body of Christ. And this is what you need to understand. You're needed in this local church. I know everybody, that drop, drop that on you real quick. Well, Pastor, I'm just going to run out of the church after I leave. You're needed in this church. 
whatever the capacity that it is, you are needed in this church. You're needed. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, y'all looking at me. Oh, find you. Look, look around. Find two or three people. Say you're needed in this church. 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 Oh, look, look, they didn't look at you. Look at them again. Tell me. Oh, you know you need it, right? You know you need it, right? You know you are needed. And tell them in this church. Oh, tell them in this church. In fact, point, point like you really talk. You know how you talk about in this church, in this church, in this. Church. Tell them you are needed in this church. I can't tell you I don't need you. Because if God set you here, as we read in the earlier scriptures, then he knows who we set in here. He knows that you might, you might be lacking in some character issues, but he knows what, what he put inside of you. He knows the gifts he put inside of you. And he knows that they are really just ready to be developed to bring him glory. Because when it breaks down to it, bottom line, God gives all the glory. God gives all the glory. Nobody knew that this sister or that brother had that skill, but God did. Because you can't look at the fact that they may be angry, they may be upset, they may be going through oppression and depression, they may be going through a lot of different things, but God has a treasure locked on the inside of them. A treasure. Woo-wee. Look at somebody said, you got a treasure locked inside of you. You got a treasure. You got, oh. You got a treasure. And tell them, it's valuable too. It's valuable. Oh, tell them, it's highly valuable. Highly valuable. Woo. Woo. That's why I'm, oh, oh, I like that, God. Oh, you you sit beside a valuable treasure. You sit in front of a valuable treasure. You sit next to a valuable treasure. On the road with you is some value. You know, on that that road, what you're sitting on right now is about 30 or 40 million dollars in value right now. On that road right there. I'm talking about at least 30 or 40 million on that road right there. Now divide it by how many on your road, that's how much you're sitting on right there. 30 or 40 million sitting on that road right there. Some, I, oh, I see. Oh, is that road right there got about 80 million on it? Woo-wee. I see about 20 million a piece right there. Oh, yeah, about 20 million a piece right there. White, the blue. Oh, well, they don't look like they're 20 million a piece. Oh, you can't go by what's on the outside. You could be like, God, David, look, David, summed it up real good. Man, look on the outward appearance, but God looked at, looks at the heart. Oh, look on the front row. The front row got about 100 million sitting on it right here. But the same color. Boys are the same color. About 150 million a piece. Can I borrow a dollar? <laughs> you got to say something. What's next to you is valuable. What's next to you is invaluable. What's next to you is invaluable. You ain't sitting beside nothing. Why did Jesus die for you if you were not valuable? Jesus did not die for any junk. He considered us valuable. Let me tell you something. Would any of us go through a horrendous trial for nothing? I mean, Jesus went through canine tales. Jesus went through being nailed to the cross. Jesus had to carry his own cross, oh God, to Golgotha, at least part of the way anyway, to Cyrene took over and he kept and carried the rest of the way. But he was valuable. And then he hung on that cross. For what? Us. Him who knew no sin died for those who were sinners. While we were yet sinners, Christ died 
for the ungodly. He, t- he, did, he died for us. So we need to be connected, joined together. Because why? It's valuable. And when we're connected to the way the Lord desires, we're able to speak the truth in love. To each and see growth occur within us and around us. Because why? We'll see something that's valuable. And with something valuable, we're going to tell them the truth. But we're going to do it with an attitude of affection and brotherly love and compassion. Because you can tell somebody something with not a lovely attitude and people won't receive it the way you meant for it to go. Oh, y'all never had nobody say something to you, but the way they said it, you're like, oh, gosh. You put up a guard, didn't you? I mean, I'm telling the truth. How many of you ever put up a guard, even though you know it was halfway true? I mean, you know it was halfway true, but you put up a guard because the way it was said to you. And, and we have to do it with affection and brotherly love and compassion. Because why? We care for one another. We care for one another. We care, just like Paul told us to do in 1 Corinthians 12, care for one another. Care for one another. Because it causes growth, increase inward Christian good. It's going to happen to us, all of us, when we tell them to speak the truth. See, tr- truth is confrontational. Truth is confrontational, but it helps you to grow. It helps you to grow. Helps you look at the, listen, you may not like it, hard to swallow truth sometimes. But you know, once you swallow it, you know, you chew it up. I mean, you got chewed up real good. I mean, you got to chew it now. You can't, because sometimes we be chewing, don't know that one swallow it. You got to chew it up, then swallow it. And then you can actually grow from it. You got to grow from it, because we got to grow. We got to increase and become better, because God wants us better. Because that, you know, that 50, $50 million dollar person can turn to 75 million by some good truth. Oh, y'all missed that, did you? That road, that road was 80 million can turn into 200 million by truth. We, we're always going to be more valuable than we are when truth is in our lives. Truth is going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. It's going to cause us to grow and to be more effective. It's going to cause us to be more effective in the kingdom of God. But believers who lose, who lose connection to God and the church family become sensitive to truth and unknowingly hinder their spiritual growth and development. When they don't have a firm, tight, or secure connection to God or the church members, they unknowingly hinder their own spiritual growth and development. Let me put it to you like this. I want you to find somebody's hand, join it real quick. It just takes my hand. I got just one hand. Just one hand. That one hand you connected to could be worth about 50 million right there. Now think about it. Drop the hand real quick. 25 cents. Connect. 50 million. Drop. Quarter. Connect. 100 million. Connection is more valuable than being. These are bad doctors. You throw numbers out there. Oh, check the scripture. We're more, more valuable when we're connected than we are disconnected. Disconnected. Value. A loose connection will also cause us to examine our motivation to see if love has influenced our thoughts, our speech, and our action when it comes to our sisters and brothers in Christ. We may make sure that we are connected the right way. And the truth of God's word will give us knowledge, 
understanding and insight on how to work with members that are easy to work with as well as those who are challenged to work with. Sometimes the reason you hang on is because they're valuable. Especially when they're challenging to hold on. Jesus said, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to hang on in them. No matter what I'm suffering through right now. And sometimes you hang on because that person next to you is valuable to you, to you. If they're not valuable to you, you'll let go. You will let go. People separate all the time because the person they see they're connected to is not valuable. If they're not valuable to you, you let them go. If a job not valuable to you, you let it go. If a relationship is not valuable to you, you'll let it go. And let's face it, in life, you want to let some stuff go. That's scripture. Separate from the world. Be separate, said the Lord. You got to separate from the world because the world really is not valuable to you. And this is the thing. The image is, is that it's valuable to you. The image that the world brings up, I'm giving you something good and valuable, but the devil is deceitful. He will deceive, deceive you and thinking that what he's giving you is valuable. When God knows that what, what he gives you is more valuable and infinite, infinite times more valuable you than the world is. Now the back, the world can give you some stuff. Don't, don't get me wrong now. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life and so forth. That's something real. Don't think that, that the enemy don't know. Listen, when he brought something to Jesus, he brought something to Jesus that was tangible. Something that Jesus could grab a hold of just as well. And he'll bring something to you that's valuable to you, that you can take a hold of. And God will tell you to walk by faith and not by sight. You got to hold on to that. Well, you hold on to the word. And you got to be able to hold on to the word and say, that's more valuable than what I can see with my natural eye. Woo-wee. That's tough right there sometimes. The word, God, excuse me, the enemy will give you something that you can grab a hold of. When God will give you something that says you got to walk by faith and not by sight, he'll tell you that your, what, what you're holding on to in the word is more valuable than what you can see with your natural eyes. That can be tough because you know you need it at a certain time, at a certain place, and you're like, God, I need this right now. And it's right here. And God said, don't, don't touch that. I don't wanna, what do you mean? It's of the world. But it's right here, God. I can use it. He said, don't touch it. Touch it. But I got something better for you. You got something better for me, God? Where is it, God? I show you. Remember, he said, Abram, I'm going to show you where I'm going. Abram had to make a decision. He's going to leave what he had, stay with what he had, or go where God was going to show him. And when he did it, he became the father. But you know, God knew who exactly who could test like that. You don't read nobody else's name in a situation like that, do you? There's certain. Uh, test in the Bible that God only puts certain people in there because he knows that everybody can pass that test. I'm telling you, there's some tests out there he don't put you in because he knows how much you can bear. He knows how much you can take. He knows that if you got that test right there, you will not come out a winner. So he knows exactly how much we can bear. Whew, and thank God he does, doesn't it? Thank God he does. Now, Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 21 again. I want to look at that scripture again. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. Either turn your sheet over or 
begin to look at the Bible. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So we see here that God is under, wants us to understand that these have important places in our lives, and we must be secure with them. In verse 22, no much rather these members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. I want to say something too about else, else about 21. And I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. I thought about this. The head can be working together with the eyes, the mouth, and the nose. Well, I said it right, mouth and the nose, working fine. They can work together fine. And then it can look down. What does it say here? And the head to the feet, I have no need. Look down at the feet and says, I don't need you. Sometimes certain parts of the body can work together and don't think they don't need other parts of the body. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I'm going to give you a natural example. I'm not saying this is true, y'all. I'm not saying this is true. I'm giving you an example that, that could possibly happen in the church. I'm not saying, I think that the um, praise team musicians work wonderfully together. And I believe they work wonderfully with other people too. But just for example, the praise team and musicians could work well together. But they look at that and say, we don't need no ushers. What's wrong with that picture right now? Just because they work well together doesn't mean that they don't need other parts of the body. Now, the, the head could be, it could be working fine, like they say here in this text here, with all the parts on the head working fine together. And look down at the feet and says, I don't need you. This is the thing you got to be careful about. That's where individual comes in at. Sometimes it can be group individualism. Sometimes individuals can get together in a group and not think that they, because nobody's in that group, they're not, nobody else, since you're not in my group, we don't work word together. Just because, because you are the helps team, helping hands ministry, audio ministry, we all need to work together. And you can work together with two or three auxiliaries and work fine together, but understand this, it's important that we all work together. And sometimes you got to come out of your comfort zone or come out of your area, I hate to use the word comfort zone, but come out of your area and learn how to work with other auxiliaries. If an auxiliary is having something and you may not be that good at what they're asking to be done, but you can help out to get to learn and know one another. You never know. You may have a talent in that particular area. The head can't say to the feet they don't need because every part on the head is working well together. They can't look down the feet and say they don't need the feet. Every part works together. We all work together. We're working together in whatever aspect it is because we're all part of the body of Christ. Are y'all seeing this part, what I'm saying here? Because the head that's not made up of the head. The head got the ears. The head got the eyes. Head got the mouth, head got the mouth, head got the nose, has all different parts, functioning well together. Can't look down at the feet and say, I don't need you. Can't look down at the feet and say, I don't need you. When certain auxiliaries are working well together, maybe you interact with two or three, don't mean we don't need the other auxiliaries to work as well. We all need to be together. And I can't say you, I don't need you. I may not be working closely with you, depends on what the function is, 
But we do need one another. And I got to see you as valuable. I have got to see you as valuable. And they go back over to 1 Corinthians 12 and 22. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. They are parts of the body. Now notice how Paul put it here. They seem to be weaker. They seem to be. Didn't say they were. He said, in my opinion, they or in other people's opinion, they seem to be weaker, feeble. They seem to be not able to carry a required weight. They seem to be fragile. They seem to be delicate. If you live long enough, you may experience a time of spiritual, emotional, financial, or physical weakness. We talked about this in Sunday school. Sometimes you look at somebody, you see them crying, don't, don't take that for weakness. Don't never let somebody you see crying consider them weak. Because sometimes I see some people crying and they be telling you off at the same time. I see some people crying, about ready to fight everybody in the room. I see people uh, crying, but they get, they're, they're just, I mean, they cry, but they, whoo, there's something to deal with. There's something to deal with. So we don't never let somebody that seems weak to say they are weak. Paul put it like, he says, they seem to be weak. They seem to be weak. 1 Corinthians 12 and 22. No much rather, these members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. If we live long enough, we're going to be experiencing. However, the strength of our connection and mindset of unity will help us compensate, make up, or make amends for another member's weakness. They may seem weak, but they may not be that weak. If they are weak, we'll help in that area. They seem to be weak. And sometimes people around you may seem to be weak. But don't say, but don't let that be led by the Holy Spirit. Let me put you like this. When people seem to be weak, sometimes they're not necessarily weak. Are y'all following me? I can look around this room and sometimes people look, I look at people and I say, they seem to be weak when you start talking to them. But really not that weak. Because that's what Paul said. Sometimes with our natural, we can look at people with our natural thinking, our natural way of doing things, and it seems to be weak. We can look at some parts of our body and they seem to be weak. They seem to be, but they're not necessarily that feeble. Because why? It's they seem to be weak. They seem to be. And they may be, but don't let that be a thing where they seem to be weak, but they're not necessarily that weak. Or they seem to be weak, they may not necessarily be that weak. And sometimes they could be us. I know that sometimes we go through moments in our life where we seem to be weak. But all we need is a word from God to strengthen us back. How many of you ever came to church? You were weak when you came in, but God... Nobody laid hands on you. Nobody did anything. It's just the fact that God ministered to you and put you back to where you should be. I mean, God did it for me so many times. So many times. I thank God. That's why he said for Satan, not dissimilar of ourselves together, because you may seem to be weak. And I, I've been there. You know what seemed to be weak started at in my mind? I mean, listen, it ain't, the devil can throw all types of things at me. But I seem to be weak comes from here. You can look at me and I say, you know what? He, they look a little weak. But if I ain't weak, I just ain't weak. Sometimes I go to the gym. I may not, listen, you don't know if I feel like working out or if I don't feel like working out. 
I'm just, I'm there doing it. I may not feel like it, but I may, in my mind, I may seem to be weak, but in actuality, I'm still working out like I normally do. I can seem to be weak. And this is what Paul was emphasizing to the believers in this particular text. There will be some parts of, the, of your body that seem to be weak, not able to carry their weight. Not ever, not, they will seem fragile or delicate. But they, notice what Paul said in the other part, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. They're necessary. People that seem to be weak are necessary. They're necessary. They are necessary. And once we catch a hold of the fact that they are necessary, we would not discard them. We would not make them seem like they're less valuable than what they really are. And when you see that, you understand that, you you look at people and say, you know what, they seem to be weak, but they're still valuable to me. They're valuable to me. They are valuable to me. They may seem to be weak, but they're valuable to me because they're what? Necessary. They are necessary. Never discard somebody because they seem to be weak. Never discard somebody because they seem to be weak. You may have to work a little bit harder to to help them with their strength and help them with what they're going through, but they will overcome what they're dealing with. Thank God for that, ain't it? Go to Revelation 3 and 8. Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, my last point. It reads as follows. And to, and to, sorry, verse 7. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things say, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens no one, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts, no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. Those we seems to be weak, but he had, in this, the church of Philadelphia, they had what the Bible calls a little strength. But that little strength was enough for them to keep his word and have not denied my name. So never let anybody that seems to be weak be like, excuse me, let that uh, deceive you because even their little strength was enough to keep his word and not deny the name of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Even when you're going through a weak moment, as long as you do not deny the name of Jesus and you keep on keeping his word, you're going to get some strength. You're going to get some strength. So when you're going through a horrendous trial, a hot trial, a messy trial, listen, it's going to be in your position, your best interest, your best interest to keep the word of God and not deny the name of Jesus. Because you got a little strength, a little ability, a little power, but it was enough to keep his word and not deny his name. Notice what he said. He knows, I know your works. I know your deeds. I know your labors. I know your doings. Your labor for me is not in vain. Your labor for Jesus is not in vain. And just as the Lord recognizes and values their work, when we become tightly knit and firmly connected to those members that may seem fragile and delicate, we find value in them all because they're all necessary. You say they're fragile. You say they're weak. They are valuable to all of us because the Bible says they are necessary. They are, and we all are necessary. So therefore, my connection to you is valuable. And I love this. My connection is valuable whether you're in a weak state, 
or whether you're in a strong state, it's still valuable. Whether you're, listen, I'm going through a trial, my connection to you is still valuable. I'm, I'm, I'm being challenged in my body, my connection to you is still valuable. I'm being challenged in my finances, my connection to you is still valuable. I'm being, listen, I'm, I'm going through a rough situation, my connection to you is valuable. My relationships are being challenged. My connection to you is valuable. No matter what I deal with, no matter what I go through, my connection to you is valuable. You know why it's valuable? You could be the one that brings me out of what I'm dealing with. You could be the one that prays me through. You could be the one that gives me a praise or word of encouragement or a text or whatever it is to help me to make it through this situation. My connection to you is valuable. I need you to stand to your feet. I'm going to do one more, one more uh, exercise before I dismiss. I want everybody to grab hands, but I want you to go around the wall and grab hands. You may have to move out your seat. I know it might be a little tough for some of y'all. We'll go around the wall, grab hands. You may have to come together. So I want everybody touching and grabbing hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what I want you to do, everybody's facing me, right? What I want you to do is face outward. Face outward. Turn around. Face outward. There we go. There we go. You Hold hands. Hold hands. See how you connect it? Now, when you are facing out, you don't have time to look at what's going on inside. You have time to look at everybody's flaws, everybody, what they're missing. You're more focused on bringing that next soul into the kingdom of God. You're more focused in on what's going on out there to bring souls in than you are. Now, everybody turn around and hold hands. Now, you can be connected on what's going on inside the church and not be not concerned about what's going on out there. Because you see everybody now. And so when you're so busy looking at everybody, you miss out. You miss out on the souls that God has for his kingdom. And see, when you start looking at everybody inside, you start looking at, oh, what, look at them. They missing so-and-so. They got so-and-so. They got this. Because you see everything that's going on. You see the fact that uh, you're doing this. You see the fact you're doing that. Everybody's more concerned about what's going on inside than they are about the lost souls that's outside. And when you start, listen, when you start noticing more what's going on inside, then you do what's going on outside, you miss out because there's some valuable souls out there that need to be connected to you. Valuable souls. Future ushers, future ministers, future helps ministries, future youth ministries, future whatever, they're out there. But when we're focused everything in here, we miss out on what's out there. When out there, it's going to help us to grow. Let me tell you something. You really want to grow? Start missing the folks out there. Start talking to folks out there. But if you're so busy, oh, they ain't doing this right in this side of the area. They ain't doing this right in this side of the area. They ain't doing this right. Pastor ain't doing this right. First lady ain't doing this right. Ministers ain't doing this right. Musicians ain't doing this right. Audio team ain't doing this right. Children ain't doing this right. You're so busy focusing on what's going on out here, you missed the lost souls that are out there. One more time, turn around and face outside. 
But when you focus on out there, it'll teach you to pray. You ain't never prayed till you start praying for those out there. Those are the harvest of souls that God is going to bring in. But he's going to bring them in through us. And what's going to happen is you have to drop that. Everybody drop your hands real quickly. And imagine you holding hands with that next soul that comes in. The end of this year, we ought to be able to hold hands with somebody who we haven't held hands with right now. We should be able to hold hands with somebody who is not connected to us, and we got to deem them valuable enough to go and win them for the kingdom of God. Valuable enough that I witness to them, I minister to them, I tell them about Jesus. The what? Because why? It used to be a time I was not in this circle. But God loved me enough to send somebody my way so I am connected to this circle. I need to go out and find somebody else and connect them in so in turn they can have a right to eternal life just like I do. It's imperative that we not get so focused in on inside that we miss what's going on the outside. You may head back to your seat. My connection to you is valuable. But I don't need to be so connected to you, I can't win a lost soul. Or I can't win a family member. I can't win a co-worker. I can't win a loved one to Jesus. Because I'm so focused in on what's going on here. And listen to the conversation of somebody who's focused in on the inside. They talk more about what's going on, not doing, what not doing, what that was not operating right than they are about the lost souls or the people they need to bring into the kingdom of God. Think about it. My connection is valuable, but I need to make sure I'm helping to win others. Stand to your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.